after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's Weird Brunch What are your shots of? Uh, what do you like? Tequila. We have everything. Tequila. We have Espolon. I oh, love yeah. Espolon. I'm gonna beg out. That's okay. Thanks. Sorry. I'm forced. I'm trying. I feel like I peer pressured you. You didn't. I'm Sorry. 40 years old and I can say no to a shot. So, thank you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was a large. <laughs> it's fine. My boss today told me I was working too hard. But it you was were working what? Too hard. And then I needed it. He goes, you're always at 100, and I feel like you need to be at, like, 80 sometimes. And I was like, this is a weird conversation. It's like, you. don't give 100%. Yes, that's what he told me. Okay. Uh, we need to have some banter up top, right? Yeah. Yeah. Start it. I have something I wanted to talk about. Okay. okay. I just thought Have you ever, like, gotten to work and then realized that you're ashamed of what you're wearing? Yes. Like, you think... That it's a good look, mm -hmm. and then you get there, and you're fucking self-conscious because you realize that you look like an idiot. Yeah. I haven't had that in a while. Uh, I work at a tech startup, so it's very, like, whatever you want to wear, man. But I work with uh, my friend. He's, he's Australian, and he has referred to me more than once as a bogan. Yes! Oh, that's a, you that's know, a good thing. A bogan. He was describing it before he addressed it as, like, what he thinks of me. He was like, you know, it's like a it's like a redneck, like a white trash yeah. woman. Um, typically, they wear, like, boots all the time, tight jeans, and flannies. And I was like... Yeah. That is what you... I you're mean, right literally here. wearing it right yes. now. <laughs> it's, that is my, like... That's my... That's uh, your look. Yeah. That's my, that's my fucking shit. And then, yeah, then I, I want to see the bogan. bogan. And yeah. it was Let me see. Up. No, that's not the. Aw, you're not a bogan. You're not a bogan. Like, he's talking about, like, Larry the Cable Guy cut off flannel. Like, cut off flannies. sleeves. Flannies. Flannies. Yeah. He doesn't mean your kind of Daria grew up look. I don't yeah, think that's, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's very I'm... Daria. Oh, stop. That is what I mm. called myself the other day. Mm. You are seen, honey. It's okay. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't. I guess you know what? Today I didn't have my I didn't have my flanny on, and I just had my sleeveless like mm -hmm. kind of muscle tank, and I was like, oh, God, everyone can see my tattoos. Like oh, everyone no. can see my bra. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just like my mom inherently. Right. Yeah. Your yeah, I wore weird socks with my pants today, and I noticed it a lot. And then I started thinking about my shirt. That's a t-shirt. With a hood on it, it doesn't really make sense. I think it does. But, Especially I mean, I like it. Yeah. Also, the 90s are coming back, and that's very 90s. True. Like, anything with a hood right. that's not a, like, a hoodie mm -hmm. or a sweatshirt, it's, really it's very cool. 90s. It's a t-shirt hoodie. I get this all... I work at a techie startup, too, but we get clients in the office, and you're mm -hmm. supposed to be nice looking with yeah, the client. business, the client cash. And then... You know, the rest of the time you don't give a crap. And I'll screw that up every once in a while, especially if it's like a show night because I dress like day for night. And then like show nights, I'm not too proud. There's just a little bit more cleavage involved in those outfits than there usually is at work. And then there was one day where I had a client meeting and I was really kind of going for it for the show look. I don't remember why. Um, and 
the low-cut shirt I was wearing kind of like misadjusted. I wear pads, and the pads were kind of slipping out of the bra cups, and I ha did half a meeting with like a bra. No, bummer. Oh I feel like I remember this. That felt not good. I feel like I remember this day, but not for that reason. I feel like you posted somewhere in like a group, a secret group brand or something where you were like. I'm dressed real slutty tonight, so <laughs> I'm ready for this show, and that maybe happened after that. I think that, that was that. Because yeah, exactly. you were very excited about it at first. I woke up like, hey, you know what? Today is going to be a good good tits out day, but then like they were two out, and I want to believe <laughs> they didn't see it. I like that it was two out, like T-W-O, yeah. like two out. <laughs> I want to believe they didn't see it because they were all being like good, non-harassing people, and looking at my face but what is yeah ma'am your titty yeah <laughs> i really can't nobody can say anything it's almost like a dare yeah now i feel strong like i'm meant to do it if you it was a power move really. yeah. yeah yes but they also listen say something mother <laughs> <laughs> I, I dare you my question was going to be if you were a pharaoh what would you be buried with huh <sighs> That white claw, man. I need it. I need <laughs> all yeah, right? the white claw. I want a six-pack of white claws. <laughs> <laughs> just a six-pack? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess it replenishes kind of overnight. Yeah. I just assume you die and die and die. Uh, I, yeah. went, I went through the, the, like, oh, my most prized possession, and I did the automatic mom thing. I'm like, oh, obviously my kids, but then I realized that's not Don't get buried with your kids. That's not that. <laughs> that's a fucked up answer. Pictures of your kids. <laughs> now go down in the tomb with mom. They don't understand death. They'd like it. Yeah. Yeah. But in ten years, when I tell them, mm. they're gonna be like, "Bitch." <laughs> um. Yeah. A six pack of white claws, two flannels, and a phone. Yeah, a phone with I internet call, access. Yeah. I hundred yeah. percent want to call people when I'm dead. Don't forget the phone charger. Yeah, so, you need a you charger. Know, you're gonna be there for a while. Yeah. yeah, they need to make an afterlife phone so it just like stays charged. I bet, mm. I bet you could Google some shit like that and be like, "Phone to the afterlife," and there's some something there that's like white noise creating. Karina is on this shit. I am the research Googler. Phone call from the deceased, afterlifeforums.com. Yes, yes. Ooh, afterlifeforums.com? Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll sponsor us. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope so. Uh, uh, oh, this, this looks like future them. episode fodder. I'm not going to get into this because this looks good. Okay. Hello, Mom. Can you hear me? Don't be sad. I'm ever so happy. And I'm alive. I'm dead. <gasps> oh. That sounds like a British kid. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that all the way. Fuck that. That's like that dear, what's the, what's the, um, the dude that like did the whole Twitter story about, uh, dear David. Oh, dear David. That was so fun. What? Was fun. Oh, Whitney. I feel like the, I feel I've, like I've read only a couple Twitter stories. Like I remember, and the only reason I remember it was cause it popped up in, in a memory or something. Do you remember the girl who... Was like a prostitute, and then she yes. went. What's yes. her name? Yes. What's her name? She went to like Florida. Yes, and yes. And she was like, and this is where it gets real. Funny. Yes, like, it was. Right. What was her fucking I don't name? Remember. I. I'm gonna find it. Love that was like the first 
Twitter story that, that I got was real, great. real into. That was the best. I've read that like three times. Do yeah. you know what we're talking about? Yes. It's so good. <laughs> Well, yes, I did not find it interesting. Thank you. Guys, I have to read this paragraph. Do it, do it, do it. Okay. Whenever I write a post like this, I know there will be a certain percentage of readers who think I'm a wacko. Another percentage who think I'm dabbling in the demonic. Some who are on the same journey as I, and some who have already discovered the truth for themselves. I am now firmly in the fourth category, and I have my dead girlfriend to no yeah this is coming back there's a whole site about talking to her dead girlfriend on the phone that's really exciting okay sneak preview i guess the what's the name her name is zola zola Zola. yes here's a picture of her she's fucking hot as shit yeah she's beautiful so that's what got me hooked um yeah this is it's somebody did a story about her in uh, Essence did a story about her a write up about her in June of this year because it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Which that was no, that yeah. wasn't that was that yeah. literally feels like it happened earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Zola. Mm. And what was her friend's name? It was just like Ashley or something. She was, was just a white junior, girl who white ended up getting. Name. Oh my raped. god, that's a different Zola. Sorry. Oh. Uh. Um, I, I'm jealous because the computer's on the other side, so Lisa and Karina can see whatever they want. That's true. And I don't see it. I just have to take facial cues, and y'all were both like, uh, you're and the I was like, well, what is it? You're the designated voice of the people. Yeah. See, like, we have Am to describe I? to you. Because well, you that's true, because y'all also have a bunch of, like, inside things, and I have to be like, what is this? What yeah. is that? Sorry. Please stop yeah. mansplaining me. Okay. You two women. <laughs> um, so, Dear David is the story that uh, Adam Ellis, Moby Dickhead on Twitter, uh, he has this whole thing where in his apartment he started noticing weird shit. Oh, shit. No, I saw that. Yeah. The, there's video, though. Yes. yes. Okay, I've there seen that. Video. And I was into it until they had a video of. Dear David, like, where mm-hmm. it's, like, actually the kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, god damn it. It's not real. You know what mm-hmm. is real? Is real? I was teed you up. Yeah. I'm here all day. I don't get teed up. <laughs> well, get teed up. I have should we? Well, shouldn't you? <laughs> no, I mean, like, how much tea should a woman have? More than what I got. All I'm right. That was good. Thank you. I liked it. Mm -hmm. But wait, this is the second, not the second episode. This is Weird Brunch. This This is is our podcast. We should introduce it. I told you I was going to write it down and fucking say it. People are going to start realizing that the odd-numbered episodes, they seem put together. And then the even-numbered episodes, (laughs) man, they seem a little fucking drunk. Not if I shuffle it up. Yeah, I can. We can have random surprise drunk episodes. I'm for that. It's just like real brunch, where like some no. brunches I meant, put together. I meant to say that in the first episode because I did drink a cup of coffee and made a big pot of coffee. So if y'all want some, but I had 
my cup of coffee and my wine, and it did feel like brunch to me because mm-hmm. that's what I do. And that's what this is. This is brunch. This is weird brunch. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Karina Magyar. And I'm Whitney Lamond. And we should do this later and later until like eventually we're yeah. telling people who we are at the end at of the, the very episode. End. Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. for that. Very slowly. So speaking of telling of, uh, other people who we are, uh, I'd like to tell you who Lobster Boy is. It was not as good as earlier. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, but you know mm-hmm. what? We need to follow form. You're right. Okay, there was a segue. Form over function. <laughs> um, so Lobster Boy, his name is Grady Stiles Jr., he became known as Lobster Boy. He was born in Pittsburgh in 1937, the year of our Lord. Oh, Pittsburgh. Did they just call him Lobster Boy because they're not nice? No. Okay. They had to. Um, I mean, he was the latest in the lineage of lobster men. Wait, what? What? Carnival sideshows who, inher- so who inherited the congenital deformity. No. Ectrodactyly. That's... Spot cans. Spot cans? <laughs> Spot cans. Spock hands. It oh, is. Spock hands. Yeah, it so is if, that. if you made your hands into Spock hands. It does sound like you're saying Spot cans. I, I mean, Spot cans. Live Spock music hands. production lighting. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and they fuse together. So you have two, your pinky and your ring fuse together mm-hmm. and then your pointer and your middle fuse together with your thumb, with your thumb kind of like shoved up in there mm-hmm. yep. okay creating lobster, lobster hands okay also known as spot cans spot cans um so styles case was pretty severe in addition to his hands he also experienced ectrodactyly i'm so good at that in his feet and therefore, oh. could not walk. Oh, poor Aww, thing. that's a bummer. Yeah, let's ease up on that. Uh, oh. We're not going to feel bad for him in a second. He jacked off a lot of dudes with his feet. I wish that was the story. For most of his life, he primarily used a wheelchair, but also learned to use his <coughs> upper body to pull himself across the floor with impressive strength. Oh, God, that's not out of a Japanese horror movie or anything. Yeah. Can you imagine? Ugh, gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry. Here comes what's his real name? Gary. Styles. Here comes Gary. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Gary is worse than Lobster uh, Boy. Uh, uh. Also, Somehow. Gary Styles is very close to Harry Styles. That's true. Mm-hmm. Also, imagine like a carnival sideshow that just there's Gary, <laughs> and also Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, so limited by these deformity styles grew up confined within the carnival world and so it wasn't surprising that as a young man he fell in love with another carnival worker named Maria Teresa a young woman who had run away to join the circus as a teenager as you do in the uh, early half of the 20th century Maria oh, Teresa this takes place 100 Maria years ago Teresa. Uh, well he was born in 37 so okay. it's like around 50 100 years ago yeah maybe like the second half of the whatever like okay. your grandparents heyday and Maria Teresa sounds German bearded lady mm, that it sounds more like I bet she was Spanish? like a vaudeville act in between. Maria Teresa? Yeah, that's German Catholic all the way. That's German Catholic? Yeah, that's like 90% of my yeah. relatives. Texas has fucked me up. Um, so he falls in love with Maria Teresa. The couple soon uh, married and had two children, but things took a turn for the worse. Oh no. What were the when children? Styles started drinking. <gasps> he oh. just started drinking? And 
combined with his overpowering upper body strength, he became oh, no. <gasps> abusive to his wife and children. No, boo. Mm -hmm. Come on, guys. When his teenage daughter Donna fell in love with a young man that he didn't approve of, he murdered his daughter's fiance in cold blood on the eve of the wedding. What, what a nightmare, Gary. It'd have to be cold blood. He's a lobster boy. That's true. Oh, God. There wasn't a heat. They're crustaceans. Yeah. Their blood isn't. Oh, this guy is so bad. I'm sorry that I set it up for y'all to have pity because I'm sure that there's a little bit of roller coaster. I mean, you got to kind of feel bad for the guy initially. Initially. Like, he's but got then, lobster hands. He's got lobster feet. At the trial for the murder, mm -hmm. he admitted his act with no remorse whatsoever. And pointed out that he couldn't possibly be in prison because no jail could properly accommodate his disability and was let off. Oh, did he did he did he point that out? <laughs> Define point. Yeah. <laughs> if you mean with two prongs, I guess. Uh he was let off with fifteen years probation and allowed to return home. When Wait, is what? this? In for murder one? 15 years probation? This was the 50s. And they didn't want to deal with a handicapped person, I'm guessing, oh, right? Wow. Handicapped. Well, that's this what she said they pulled. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. He's literally, he's got caps for hands. Well, and oh. his, his. I thought uh, you were judging us for saying I know, I was like, what no. should I say? Yeah, is there another way to say that? No, I've let go of my inhibitions and I'm now just flat out. Where is this taking place? This is like Pittsburgh okay. and then like Pittsburgh. traveling circus. So like all of the okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Topeka, Kansas mostly. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Midland. Mm-hmm. So though he had divorced during the trial for reasons that no one, either in the Stiles family or outside of it, has been able to understand. His first wife agreed to remarry him in 1989. Wait, whoa, Maria, where is there a second wife? Is Maria Teresa the second? She has to be the first. 1989? So he's like lobster geezer at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he's lobster. Yeah, he's old man lobster. Oh. I don't know who the second wife is. Lobsters was. can actually live for like a hundred years, like actual lobster. Oh, he lives wow. Uh, they're sturdy crustaceans. <laughs> you know, maybe this is just the same wife. Maybe the first wife is just the same wife because yeah. they don't make mention of it. And well, he can only count to two. That's true. He can count to four. He can, he count, can count to, to eight. eight if you include his toes. You're right. Don't judge. You're right. I'm so sorry. That was uncalled for. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when she returned after remarrying in 1980, when she returned, the beatings became more severe, even though he was 52. What? Um, How can he, like, does she just stand there and wait yeah. for him to beat her? He seems I mean, easy to get away from. I, I don't know the dynamics of the family. I don't know. I I, know maybe Maria what, Teresa. She was a carnival freak. Well, she was a carnival worker. Freak is a I don't know what she mean was. Term. That's what I'm saying. Maybe she Maybe she was a away. ticket taker. But also maybe she was like. She could have been a half woman. woman. Oh, jinx. Boom. Right mm. there. Wow. High we five. high fived over. <laughs> She could have been a half woman. Though, I do feel like if she was a half woman, her upper body strength 
would probably been, been to, yeah. Well, maybe she just comparable to our wrestling. <laughs> People like wrestle. I just realized what the problem is with that. Oh. <clears throat> so when she returned, the beatings the beat became more severe. Uh, and a few years after they were married, she paid her 17-year-old neighbor, Chris Wyant. Wyant. Why are we putting it in? Why ain't we? $1,500 to shoot and kill him. Okay. Bringing one of most one of history's most incredible stories to an end. I didn't write that. Okay. Uh, not one of them denied that they had killed Styles. Oh, and he did it. So, yeah, they did he it. He did it, and she was like, yeah, we did it, or whatever. They Well, oh. I think it was more like a, we're not saying yes or no, but, like, we're definitely not saying no. <laughs> That's not a great defense, but okay. I hope I never end up in court. They're, like, taking the fifth, I'm but also, like, I'm not saying I didn't do it, and I'm not saying I did do it, but I'm definitely not saying I didn't do it. Right. <laughs> like, I played the fifth, and also, you know. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Um... During the trial, his wife spoke at length of his abusive history. My husband was going to kill my family. She told the court, I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I believe her. I do, so too. So, they did not get put in jail. Wow. And Lobster Boy just got murdered for being a piece of shit. But, to be fair, he did not get put in jail for murdering someone else. So, this is kind of a pay-it-forward thing. That's true. He owed them a, yeah. a non-jail sentence. His debt was paid in blood. Drops of blue blood. Yeah. They didn't throw him in a giant pit and boil him. That's true. Or did they? By pit, I meant pot, but I said pit on accident. I'm well, he's a, he's a man-sized lobster. He is a man-sized lobster. probably need a pit. Yeah, you'd have to dig something. To I'm him. just, I'm still thinking about, like, the Japanese horror movie of a man yeah. with pronged appendages Crawling across the floor why do you to keep, beat me. Why do you keep yeah. looking at the floor over there? Because like I'm imagining in. it. Ugh. I'm legit imagining well, it. If he can't, and I think the tile would work better than he, the wood. Yeah, if he can't walk. So I guess maybe his feet are more cartilage and yeah, then with... too painful. Yeah, lumpy. like, so if he is well, I mean, going to beat you, then maybe he gets up on his knees and like punches you in your center. I and then I'd just be like ah! and just like push him over because I assume it would be really easy to push him over. I would think that after even ten years of living your life like that, you would find defenses that are beyond our understanding. <laughs> That's true. That's very also, I would get some like special <laughs> roller skates made for my knees. And I'd get a brand new pair of roller skates on my knees. And then I would just <laughs> fucking go up to people and I mean if I were him, just like oh, punch him in him. the crotch. I thought you meant if you were Maria Teresa. No. But well you keep saying that Maria Teresa said German does not need a brand new pair of roller skates. She just needs to leave his house and not remarry Yeah, him. I don't know. Maybe they, you know, relationships are weird. I don't understand remarrying. Like, if you got, if you go through the, tri- like, trials and tribulations of divorce, like, how, if you just go, go to a different carnival. There are so many other carnivals. Were there, though? At the time. I mean, I guess there were a bunch mid, of mom and pop. 
yeah. little tour. But you said it was the 50s. It was like mid 20th century. <laughs> the a, 50s. Yeah. <laughs> More or less. Yes. Um, but yeah, like 30s to 60s to 70s, like, I don't know, 70s and 80s, I feel like they started locking up carnivals a little bit. Because, like, offensive, right? Yeah. Check out this bearded lady. Like, oh, that's fucked up. She just has too yeah. much testosterone. Like, she doesn't have low T. Yeah. <laughs> Pass it along, lady. Um, or, like, she's got a thyroid problem. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a picture of it. Is that him <gasps> Let and his me dad? see. Yeah. Uh. It's funny because he's got the all-American haircut. What it? Wait, can I see his feet? Is that that's, Maria Teresa? That's Mary Teresa. That's uh, Maria Teresa. <laughs> Did you name her Maria? No, that's no. what the article I found. Okay. Also, man, I went down a Wikipedia hole last night. It was a problem. That I sounds wanna, fun, though. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I want to talk about all of the like circus. Stories. I read a National Geographic article about the best preserved fossils of dinosaurs that we have in the world, and it's fucking crazy. Just the fact that dinosaurs even existed just blows my mind. Oh my god, I have two girls, and I can go forever on that. And have you seen the... Um Ichiosaurus, the one that like is so complete, there's actually the outline with its skin and the dorsal fins and stuff. Like, yes. literally the shape yes. of it. Yes. So awesome. The water dinosaurs are the best ones. They're totally I, the best I am ones. gonna take this moment to um, say that everyone should go to the Houston Museum of Natural Science. Okay. I'll go. Their paleontology hall will blow your fucking dick off. Like it is so fucking cool. That's they have it's huge. It's massive. And it has, like, all of these pieces of all of these. Ugh. Just take everyone there. It's so good. Denver's oh rocks, God. too. Because that's where Denver's? you actually find the dinosaur bones is in Colorado. Yeah, I don't know why you were fucking shit-talk that case before you guys <laughs> trying to get to me. <laughs> well, I'm going to shit-talk Colorado now. If that well, makes you feel better. It does, but it will make me feel even better if you promise me that you will go to the Houston Museum of Natural Science. I will because it's the I'll closest go. That dinosaur Thing that I can take my don't, kids to. You don't have to qualify it. Just go. I'll go to the Denver one when I'm in Denver. Okay. Okay. I don't, okay, I don't deal. know why we're fighting. Well, I don't know. Yet. We both are like, I let's know go see some new fighting. dinosaurs we haven't seen before. <laughs> I think we both just have places in our hearts for the old dinosaurs that we already know. I think that's it. <laughs> I think we're all proud of our very own dinosaurs. Brontosaurus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I promised I would bag on Colorado. And here we go. You guys ready? Do it. All right. So there's a professor named Brian McNaughton. McNaughty. Yes, he is McNaughty. So he is a biochemist. On Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he gets a job after doing his PhD at Harvard. So smart cookie. But in 2009, when it was super hard to get a job in academia because the economy tanked mm-hmm. and then all the public universities were like, we're not hiring for a while, et cetera. So he finally gets a job at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, who happened to be expanding their department and they give him a tenure track position. And this is a big deal in the freshly out of PhD world. 
so he goes there and he gets immediately gets like a three hundred thousand dollar grant. So the dean is really impressed with him, and he gets his own lab, and he's setting it up, and he's trying to do like cross disciplinary things that are like really cool. And he's like on the fast track to being a big somebody in the biochemistry cancer ish research part of the world. Like he's researching cancer. I'm not going to say cure for cancer because everybody who's actually doing it knows. That but cancer He's is. smart. Yeah, he's working on cancer. Yeah. Cure. Yeah. Let's do it. He's trying to make it heart easier or whatever. Trying to make cancer easier? <sighs> Harder to get, easier to get rid of. He's doing great. I just made that up. He's got a you wife. You haven't even had as much to drink as us. In my life, I have. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> He's got his wife Stacy. She's okay. She's oh, she's Stacy. I know, but no, she's I like, like her. Come on, don't judge by it. She a name. has an E in it. I have an E in my name. Yep, that'd be weird without one. Yeah, it would. It'd be Whitey. <laughs> no, that would be without an E. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call you Whitey forever. Don't call me Whitey. It's terrible. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm recovering. Stacy with an E and the good hair. She's a nurse anesthetist. Anesthetist. Oh, She's a nurse anesthetist. Okay. I know what she that is. She helps the anesthesiologist. Good job. She's Boom. That was like a how I'm Anesthesiologist. Are we done fighting? Okay. So Stacy and Brian buy a home in Fort Collins in 2009. For Brian five, with an I or a Y? With an I. For $525,000 in a really nice area of yeah. Fort Collins, because that amount of money in Fort Collins will get you in, like, the best. Living the life. Fort Collins is uh, one of the gas towns. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, slaughterhouse town, too. <laughs> That's where all the meat gets processed, and it smells... Well, it's between Fort Collins and Greeley. Long story. Pretty town, though. Really nice little college town in Colorado. In the trees. They have some babies. They're living like that middle class life. And Brian is doing okay at work, but he starts getting kind of frustrated because he thinks that his department chair doesn't like him. He's not getting voted on for tenure. He's on tenure track, but they won't vote on it. Other people are getting more funding for their lab. He starts complaining that his pipettes aren't getting replaced. Real science nerd shit. <laughs> no, bitch! He literally complains that the pipettes aren't getting replaced. Oh my god. Uh, his wife, now this is all from his point of view because she won't speak on the record about any of this right now, um, but according to him, she's really like needling him about money. She doesn't like that she still has to work. None of the other moms have to work. There's a lot of pressure. Stacy with an E. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on him to like get those grants, get that raise. He's making like 70K and they're living in a half million dollar home, right? So they're a little yeah. extended. Anyway, he's getting frustrated. He goes to the dean. The dean likes him, and she gets him his pipettes, and he's like, thanks. I'm glad if somebody's got my back. But he still kind of complains to her, too, like, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Why am I not getting on tenure track? And she's like, just keep doing the good work. This sounds like an open micer. Yeah, he's totally got that open micer attitude of, like, I'm a hot shot. I understand why everybody's getting booked except me. He's got, like, that attitude going on. And he sees all these other professors in the department getting bigger grants and getting tenure votes. And he realizes, what do they got that I don't got? They've got offers from other universities to go work there. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. He's like, well, that's all I need to do. I just need to get one of those. So what does he do? He goes online and he prints out some letterhead from the University of Minnesota. Oh, oh buddy. And he writes himself an author letter from the University of Minnesota. Brian. Professor McNaughton, I am writing to offer you a full-time appointment as an associate professor with tenure at the University of Minnesota and support for your research program. The details of your offer are below. Salary. Nine-month salary, $107,500 for each nine months. Research facilities, 3,000 square feet of lab space on the third floor and a state-of-the-art 120,000 square foot research facility opening next year. Research support, another $1.7 million to support current and new research effort in your lab, starting at a half million dollars immediately. Enough space for 12 research staff. He basically writes... A ridiculous list of mm-hmm. demands. Yeah, he's like sucking himself off. Exactly, and like it, the way it's written, I don't want to read all of them. Yeah, like, it's like because your research is so groundbreaking. It's it, yeah. If you know it's fake when you're reading it, you're like, that comes. This on, is dude. fake. But you, even if I didn't know that, this, right? I would be like, state of the art. Who fucking writes that as their own thing? They'd be like, we have a very nice facility. Please come join us. Mm-hmm. So he takes the letter. To his, his department, or to the chairman of the university, and it's like, look, this is a, this is wasting my time. I am not able to focus on my work because I keep having to bat away these offers. It's just like, I wish I could make them go away. You guys, if you would just give me tenure and, you know, a bump to $107,000, like, I could stop fielding these. I would be Colorado State Rams for life. And, you know, maybe like a half million dollars research this year would be cool. And so they think about it. And they're like, you know what? We'll give you an immediate tenure vote, and we'll give you eighty-three k. And he's like, "You're not getting the hundred thousand dollars." All right, that's fine. He says, "Cool." Yeah, okay. thanks. Okay. You guys I'll take it. He got a little okay. more. Yeah. yeah, I got, I got my raise. I got my, I got some research. I got the tenure vote. He gets tenure. Right. His wife's livid. Things are falling apart. She finds Please. text messages to other women. No, Brian. Oh. Duh. So they're fighting, I seen it and they're fighting, and they're fighting, and in the fights, which she recorded and played later for the police, she threatens to go to the university to tell them about his big lie, because she knows how he got the raise. Anyway, they divorce in 2016, and five months later, an anonymous letter detailing his scheme arrives at the provost's office. Stacy! They call, they call him in, and they're like, yo... What's this letter? And he plays dumb. Yeah. And then he plays dumb. And then, and then he sits down and cries and writes a five-page confession. Because <laughs> uh, they, like they have the goods. They got the receipts. Yeah. He's dead. He's toast. So he writes a five-page confession and says, look, I understand. i got to leave this university. Give me a year to get my grad students in order, get another job, try to move my lab, keep it all on the down low. And the university's like, you have four days, and we will keep it on the down low. So they fire him that Friday. But they tell the grad students, hey, you know, he's going to go find another job. You can go with him. They weren't saying why. He is uh, still mad. He's still salty about all this. So he lawyers up and sues the university for wrongful termination, which was an interesting move. While that's tied up Always. in court, little Twitter accounts of random people start dropping details online. And he's like, that's weird, because the university is bound by our arbitration agreement. 
they wouldn't be leaking this. That doesn't make any sense. Who's who's coming at me? Who's dropping the sign? It's gotta be. Twitter accounts, strangers showing up at the campus police asking why he hasn't been prosecuted and what the file was on him for, uh, because he works for a state university, he it's technically public. defrauded the public, which is yeah. a, you know, uh, what's Bellamy? it called? Thank you. Um, um, and he's like, why, why am I getting harassed or whatever? But it must be my bitch of an ex-wife. He gets a job at the University of Delaware. And they don't know about any of this happening. And it's tenure track and everything's fine. He can set up his new lab. He gets 12 of his grad students to follow him over to Delaware. He's got the moving trucks packed. His lab has been loaded up in five days before he goes. The cops come knocking on his door from the DA's office in Fort Collins and said, you're, under, you're under arrest for defrauding the public. And then the news crews are there and his life is over. And he loses the job in Delaware. He's just never going to work in academia again and all this. And he thinks it's his wife this whole time. And the cop, he's like, oh, no. it's Stacy, isn't it? And they're like, Stacy? Mm-hmm. And they're wrong. And they, they just start describing. He's wrong. They start describing this guy who's been showing up and poking around and dropping information on him. And it turns out Stacy hired a private investigator for the cheating thing. What was and the investigator's name? Um, it's a really good name. I can't. I gotta find it. You're right. I saw the last name, and I want to know how you're gonna say it. Oh uh, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Nurger. That's the that's the dean's name. Nurger. That's the yeah, dean's name. Yeah, it's like burger with an N. It's no, weird. That's the dean's name. Okay, the private um, investigator is Kyle Strunk. Oh, that's even better. Strunk. So Stacy hires Kyle Strunk to investigate the text messages to the woman, and Strunk like turns it down. It's beneath him. Um, but in the process of like debriefing Strunk, she drops the dime about the letter mm-hmm. and the forged letter, and that gets under his craw, and he starts going around. And investigating at the campus police and like why haven't you he wears like a fedora and a trench coat of course, of and yes yeah, like and, and the campus police go who are you and he says i'm a taxpayer and a concerned citizen so you know exactly who we're dealing with don't you right i kind of love it incel. he's definitely an incel no i'm into this he's doing the right thing i like it he's got a bug in his craw about the public being defrauded and all this and he opened up fake twitter accounts and the police investigate him all the way from his mom's basement? Exactly. Oh my god. There's fake. nothing against opening up fake Twitter accounts, though. Yes to and take no. out some dickhead. Yes and no. The fake Twitter account was Alberto Q. Ruiz 4. And the name and location and identifying characteristics all belongs to a dead man. Ooh, whose identity he strong. stole uh, in order to harass this guy online. And he had two other accounts, and the way they proved it was him is because Alberto Q. Ruiz 4 was one of the only positive Yelp reviews the PI had on his oh. practice. So he, like, made Why these fake accounts. Why did Stacey hire this piece of shit? So, where is it? Significant ethics issues is the <laughs> quote they have oh about him. God. But... The information that he was he taking had, pictures of like wives cheating and husbands cheating with like naked fucking people. Yeah, exactly. He took pornographic photos. So, anyway, oh the, the information he had was sufficient for the university to be like, yeah, but he is going to like blow our cover that we were trying to kind of 
brush this under the rug and we're a public institution and we have to now like prosecute and so anyway McNaughton's life is super duper ruined and the upshot of this whole article one of the reporters of the Chronicle of Higher Education gets to the bottom of all this discovers all the twists goes out to Delaware hangs out with McNaughton gets him drunk and gets him to admit like why'd you do this and he states that he did it because he realized there was no cure for cancer. There's nothing he was going to do in his academic biological life that was going to make a difference in anybody's life. So he might as well get what's his. Bleak. Uh, Fuck. Bleak. Yeah, that, that is, is grim as well. Very upsetting. Yeah, that is grim. Yeah. What the fuck? Also, fuck him. Fuck everyone involved in this. <laughs> no one is a winner in that story. No. That's an... Yeah. That is a truly... That's an all-bad-guys story, for sure. I mean, Stacey's not the worst, but she was bitching... Well, I... I I don't mean to say bitching, that's sexist. Well, that's... Here's the thing. She's not on the record. That's all Brian saying, oh, she was bitchy, she was emotionally manipulative, she made me feel like I was not a man enough. Oh, so her being like, you're only making X amount of money, that was him saying that? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we don't know so why. Stacy's fine. Stacy might have broke up with him because of the infidelity. Yeah. And has nothing to do with that. He was claiming piece yeah, of shit. he felt this pressure him. to make money. You know what, Stacy? You keep that e, baby. <laughs> For it. Yeah, because you're okay. You're probably fine. You're probably fine because we're. You know what? Yeah. More women are saying than men. Uh, On the record, that's true. Though that's, that's true. true. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for supporting me. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting. <laughs> no, we're together again. Yeah. Stacey can never eat. At least that brought y'all back together. Mm-hmm. I was really upset for a little we, bit, thinking that maybe you had a fight. I was really concerned. I didn't know what to do. And yeah. No, we, we originally know. bonded over lying men, and I think we'll continue to do so probably for the rest of our, you know, relationship. Your adult lives. Mm-hmm. So, my story is about Cropsey, which is the boogeyman of Staten Island in New York City, for those of y'all who don't know where Staten Island is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way the story goes, the story that kids used to tell each other, was that a homicidal maniac escaped from a mental institution. He had a hook for a hand and he would hunt children and drag them into the abandoned ruins of the old Sea View Hospital. <laughs> and parents would tell their children to be good or Cropsy would come and get you. Okay, since so that's just I know what you did last summer. Yeah, also, like, what was bit. the view? Was it really, like, a view of the sea? So... I don't know about that, but Seaview Hospital was a legitimate hospital. It was a abandoned tuberculosis hospital. Okay. Okay. So, according to other creepy tales, Cropsy lurked beneath the abandoned school and hospital. They were right across the street from each other. And in some version of the tales, he was an axe murderer a monstrous boogeyman, like I said, and just a hunter of lost children. Okay, pretty standard stuff. So, so wait, boogeyman. There was a school yeah. and a hot, why was all? Why were all of these things abandoned? They weren't always abandoned. 
They were across the street from each other. Why well, nothing's always that? abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we qualify. Oh, we do. Oh, no. Adopted Aww. kids do qualify. God damn it. <laughs> well, we were born to be abandoned. Yeah. So that's not true. Quite have born the to, be born to be abandoned. Yeah. I feel bad for saying that. I do too. Sad. Can we edit that out? I'm not joking because yeah. I know for a fact my family will listen to this. I know. And yours might too. At the time. Yeah. No, I'll cut it. Thank you. Even though it was a quality joke. It was great. So the tale of Cropsy started cropping up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. No, in the sixties, okay. So, in the seventies, that was when the tale of Cropsy started to become true. Wait, what? Yeah. So Cropsy started out as a boogeyman, and then in the nineteen seventies, children actually started disappearing. Hmm. Oh. Well, but also the 1970s were, like, known for, like, that's when kidnapping started. (laughs) Or when people started acknowledging kidnapping. Yeah. Well, it's been happening a lot. No, when the media started sensationalizing Mm, it. I think kidnapping's been around since, you know. I think Mr. Walsh will have a thing or two to say about that. Since Hansel and Gretel. Let's talk about Adam Walsh. I'm just kidding. Let's not. Let's not. Okay. So... A man named Andre Rand was born in 1944 in Manhattan. And from what people can gather, he had a pretty normal childhood. His sister, who was interviewed later, said that they were never abused. There was no fucked up major shit going on in the family. And... Their father died when he was 14, and his mom was mentally unstable and spent some time in an institution. But, I mean, that's about it. Like, no big deal. I mean, that's a little out of the ordinary. It is, but it's it's not. He wasn't being abused. Okay. Yes, his mother... Was institutionalized yes. at a point, but was he, he wasn't. Was he in foster care? Was no. he already? Okay, no. so he was already like technically an adult when she was in. He was like fourteen or fifteen. And he was it in foster care. No. What year was it? Mm, nine. Well, he was born in nineteen forty-four, so he would it would have been 16. like nineteen sixty. So. In the 1960s, he starts working as a custodian at Staten Island's Willowbrook State School, which is a state-funded institution for children with disabilities. By 1965, the Willowbrook School housed over 6,000 intellectually disabled children, even though the maximum capacity of the school was 4,000. Whoa. So Damn. that's like a whole third. Yeah, that's like a 5A school. Yeah. Those are so cool. <laughs> it's a 5A school. They had a really good football team. Oh, I bet they did. <laughs> Those kids are strong <laughs> as fuck. Oh, mm mm. I was going to leave it. Those are some overworked teachers, though. Yeah. The class sizes are <laughs> control. So. <laughs> are you okay? She's, she'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Rand only works at the institution for a couple of years before, like, either what? being let go or fired. What? Why were so many kids... Because that area, like, Staten Island is big, but it's not... Like I would probably the whole of New York City yeah, area. Yeah, all of this New York. Okay, one. so they probably yeah. got bust out from other. Yeah, okay. just like I was you know, like, well, hold on. It's it's, it's like all the people in the Texas like school from the deaf aren't from Austin. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. There's okay. collection schools for people with special needs. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. yeah. For a minute, I was like, what? Like, what got bombed there? Like, right. That's a lot. Oh, Staten Island. Well, that's fair. Yeah. So Rand. The Manhattan Project. Oh, that's true. I'll bring it back one day when I'm not a monster. <laughs> Rand works at the Willowbrook School for a couple of years and then gets laid off or fired and begins just living as a homeless man in the abandoned underground tunnels of the hospital across the street. So, after the Boogeyman stories? No, this is... Before. Before, okay. This is, so, well, I mean, the Boogeyman stories have been going on for a while. Right. They okay. started when the school opened, pretty much. Yeah. Just this tale. Okay, okay. So, May 25th of 1969, Rand has his first brush with the law when he decides to abduct and try to rape a nine-year-old girl. I would hope that was more than a brush. No, it was a brush. He was caught before the assault occurred and served 16 months for attempted sexual assault. How do we know it was he was attempting to rape her if it was before the assault? I mean... Have you not seen To Catch a Predator? If you... No, I have. I, I would just guess that, like, adult saying, males don't hang out with nine-year-olds Sure, girls. but if you've been living under... And I, I know what I sound like right now. Yeah. But <laughs> if you've been living under a fucking abandoned whatever, maybe you're just like, I need a homie. Come be my homie. And no. He was gonna rape yeah, me. he yeah. was... Yeah. Just nice be I did try. You did. I don't know. Sorry, no, man. It's, no, Come don't say sorry. That. Okay. Okay. In 1979, he's accused of raping a young woman, a 15-year-old girl, but the girl doesn't press charges, and he's never indicted. (sighs) 79. In 1981, he tried to entice another 9-year-old girl into his car with candy. She refused. He followed her home. And she hid away from him, and her parents didn't press charges because she effectively escaped. Oh my god, the literal candy in the van. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Rand, I wanted to trust you, and I feel betrayed right now, personally. Don't trust this guy, because it just gets significantly worse. Jesus Christ. (laughs) On July 15th in 1981, seven-year-old Holly Ann Hughes is seen at 9-ish p.m. near this park in Staten Island with Rand. And he decides he's into older women. <laughs> uh, yeah, the seven-year-old, which is technically oh, younger. Oh, 17. No, seven. Oh, I'll see myself out. <laughs> so 
Holly was supposed to be going to buy a bar of soap, and that's the last place she's What year was this? 81. No, we did not send kids out to get bars of soap in 81. Yeah, we did. So, Holly never comes home. I went to Kmart all the time by myself. Bought supplies. They had popcorn. Kmart is dead, and so is that tactic. I know. For sending kids out to get shit. So. And that was 83. Holly never comes home, and a search starts for her, I think. <laughs> Who saw her with Rand? Multiple witnesses. Shouldn't those multiple oh. witnesses have but, had a clue? Well, it's we probably um, seen like father-daughter. Maybe, right? yeah. yeah a month after Holly's disappearance, her mother, who's also named Holly, received a phone call from a man who had identified himself as Saul. And Saul told her that he was holding Holly captive and demanded that she meet him and perform sex acts on him on film in exchange for her daughter's return. Okay, crap Very bad. So, Jesus Christ. In 1983, two years later, when you were going to Kmart. Mm-hmm. Cropsy, or not, well, I guess he's technically called Cropsy, but his real name is Rand, drove to Staten Island YMCA and picked up a group of 11 children. Boys? Boys are in a bus. <gasps> he just grabs a bus of 11 children, brings them to White Castle. What's White Castle? Oh, the burger The burger, burger place. place. I thought he was, like, calling his dungeon no. the White Castle. Takes them to White Castle. Trust this and then takes them to Newark Airport to watch airplanes. No children were harmed. Wait, what year was this? 83. The Nintendo was out, right? No. Or Atari? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, they, what the fuck are you doing with airplanes? Go play your Atari. So... They were on a field trip. Whatever. That's what the kids thought. No children are harmed, but Rand is charged with unlawful imprisonment. And, oh my God, I'm sorry. I burped while saying and. And serves 10 months in jail for pretty much kidnapping Kidnapping 11 11. children. So this is the first time he gets charged with anything. Besides the... First race. He's, yeah, he spent a a few months various times in jail, and that's it. But I thought, like, the rapes and attempted rapes, no one pressed charges. The very first one someone did. They pressed charges? Yeah. And he had, like, what, 18 months? Yes. Yeah. So. I'm glad he cooled off. Yeah, well. 1983, 10-year-old, a 10-year-old. I can't pronounce their first name. The last name is Jackson, just disappeared, and he's suspected in it. Then later on in 1984, a 22-year-old mentally disabled man who was last seen eating in a diner with Rand disappears. So he's not... Nice. Yeah. I've said that a lot, but fuck. Yeah, he's not the pickiest about age. I think he just targets people who are mentally disabled. Yeah. Yeah. In 1987, 12-year-old Jennifer Schweiger, who was born with Down syndrome, was reported missing on July 9th. 
Witnesses spotted Jennifer walking with Rand. Her body was found underground after a 35-day search while combing the area around the Willowbrook State School. A particular spot caught the eye of a retired New York City firefighter, and he returned with the police. The entire body was unearthed from the shallow grave, and the remains were positively identified as Schweiger's. Police searched the grounds for evidence and found one of Rand's makeshift campsites mm-hmm. in close proximity to Schweiger's grave. So after that happens, there's also this public outcry to close the Willowbrook School entirely due to questionable conditions, medical practices, and experiments that was prompted So Robert Kennedy, Senator Robert Kennedy, is the one who is like, this place needs to close down. Mm -hmm. He calls it a snake pit. The school was suffering from constant outbreaks of hepatitis A. What? So. Kids be fucking. No. Oh. It's terrible. In an effort to control outbreaks of hepatitis, the medical staff at Willowbrook consulted a man named Saul Krugman, who found that hepatitis developed in 90% of children admitted to Willowbrook after their arrival. 90% of the children got hepatitis. How? Wait, this is a weird twist. It's. And is Saul the school is still. The school. The last guy that Cropsey, or the last girl that Cropsey abducted happened like. Two or three months before the school closes. In like mid-80s. 87. 87. So, though it was known that hepatitis was caused by a virus, it wasn't known how the hepatitis virus spread. Fucking needles. And whether it could be prevented and how many types of viruses cause the disease. So, Krugman used the mentally disabled children of Willowbrook to test his theories on. To figure out how it's One of his studies involved feeding live hepatitis viruses Mm -hmm. to 60 children. Krugman watched as their skin and eyes turned yellow, their livers got bigger. (coughs) He watched them vomit and refuse to eat. All of the children fed hepatitis became severely ill. Did the parents know or no? Because it was a state school, so these are children that are pretty much orphans. They're not orphans, but they're, their parents are like, we don't want to deal like with you. It's like a boarding school situation. Yeah. Okay. So all the children are like, like I said, ninety percent of the kids in the school have hepatitis, mm-hmm. and. Krugman reasoned that it was justifiable to inoculate retarded, this is what it says, retarded children at Willowbrook with the hepatitis virus because most of them would have gotten it anyways. But but if he didn't know how it was spreading, then how does he know that they were Purposefully giving the children hepatitis, or hepatitis. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's the uh, scariest uh, animal yeah. in the poop. Yeah. Purposefully giving children hepatitis, Krugman increased the chance to all of the children getting it 100%. Yeah. Every kid who came through that school got hepatitis. 
so yeah, in sorry, before my timeline is messed up. So that was like an expose that happened in 1987. Yeah. Before that, Kennedy, Robert Kennedy had visited and said that like the living conditions were deplorable. Yeah, he said boo. And didn't like it. In 1972, Geraldo Rivera did an expose on it and it also expo exposed, <laughs> please edit out exposed. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, I know how that happened. I don't know. <laughs> they were all exposed. Exposed. In 1972, Geraldo does an expose on physical and sexual abuse of the residents, of course. Oh, we all knew it was coming. Here it is. He got a Peabody Award for it. Geraldo's great right up until the... Up until uh, the, 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 tomb. the tomb. The mobster tomb, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm forgetting his name, which is going to... Al Capone, right? Thank you, yes. So, after all of that, it also um, makes people fight for federal civil rights of mentally disabled people and leads to an act being passed. Mm -hmm. um, so... This was all about recognition yeah. for how we handle the mentally... Disabled and mentally disturbed. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. I mean, didn't the Special Olympics start around the, I want to say, the 80s? I'll look it up. Probably. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Again. So, in 1983, after all this shit, New York is like, well, we have to figure this out. And it never really happens. And... They eventually move everybody out of the school, and it closes in September of 1987, which is three months later than when the little girl, that final little girl, disappeared. So, in 1988, Andre Rand is charged with kidnapping and first-degree murder of Jennifer Schweiger. The Staten Island jury could not reach a verdict on his murder charge. What? Why not? Were they busy? What? They, Staten Island, yeah. what? They convicted him of first-degree kidnapping. Ugh. And he was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. And he would have been eligible for parole in 2008 if he hadn't been convicted of a second kidnapping. And in 2004, he was, again, brought to trial. And this time, that was for the kidnapping of Holly Ann Hughes. That's the little girl whose mom got the creepy mm -hmm. call. Mm -hmm. So he was in prison, and then was they the trial. brought it back up after him. He rarely hear of that happening. Right. So there is no statute of limitations in New York for first-degree kidnapping. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! Thank God. And that's what made the conviction possible. A jury decided that he was convicted of kidnapping and sentenced to another consecutive 25 years to life in prison. He will become eligible for parole in 2037 when he is 93 years old. Okay. So let's hope he dies before that. In 2009, there was a documentary release mm -hmm. called Cropsy, 
which I didn't get to watch, but I really want to. I watched uh-huh. half of it on Netflix. It was okay. Did I say 2003? I meant 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you said, said 2009. Okay, cool. And then... What? Nothing. We jinxed each other's fine. We've been jinxing so, each other all episode. I know. Another creepy thing he did was in 2011, he wrote a letter to the women of Staten Island on Mother's Day. What? And one of the <laughs> quotes from it said, All the ladies in Staten Island who supported prosecutorial vindictiveness against an innocent person. Happy Mother's Day. He went on to say that if he could afford to, he would give them seeds to plant rose bushes in honor for his forgiveness. Interesting move. So, ultimately, among the missing... Leave the area. Yeah. The bodies of four people are still unaccounted for, including Alice Perea, Holly Ann Hughes, Ty Hughes, Jackson, that was the one I couldn't pronounce, and Henry Gaforio. Um, so we have not found those bodies. Nope. They're oh all God. still missing. And there's another girl, Audrey Lynn Nuremberg, Nuremberg who was 18 years old. And disappeared in 1977 that they think he also took. So he's been in prison this amount of time. They can't pull that information out of him. I mean, he's a crazy person. Well, sure. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> I have to show you a picture of him because he's he looks like he has like a wax face. He's terrifying. Because he's going to be like, what, 70 now? 70. Five? Yeah, if he's going to be, yeah. 90. So, he's sitting out there saying Happy Mother's Day when he's 70 years old. Yeah. Like, look boy. at this guy. No. 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 Yeah. That's, not even a, that's not a real photo. It doesn't look like a real human. That is not a real person. No. I am It looks like it. a mess. I, I really no. am mad he's about that. No. fucking terrifying. I'm fucking curious about that. Like that a is, Muppet mouth on Edward R. Murrow's forehead. That is just weird. Creepy as fuck. Wow. Way to pull out an Edward R. Murrow reference to remind everybody how old you are for you. Good job. What did you say? Nothing. I don't know who that is, but I'm into it. I'll I'll look it up. Um, a lot of the people who he probably took, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of the Charlie Project. No. So it's a database of missing people, uh-huh. and I went through all of So the database itself is huge because there are so many people missing, but on the site there's a database of people who have been found, and it's minimal. Like I went through A through Z. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in one night just looking at people yeah. who had been found by the Charlie Project and it's there's a few people on there when I was searching through all of these records of Andre Rand people who had been identified as victims of his and it's just creepy to like connect it back all together but the Charlie Project is to find missing people Oof. it's sad. Yeah, that's a wow. 
was... Sorry, it ended heavy. These were all downers. Yeah. This yeah. is an old... Yeah. From... Is that what we learned? Yeah, the... I was going to say what we learned was... Uh-uh. <laughs> but... Stories of bad people are... Are sad. Yeah. We didn't have any... I mean, redeeming. aside from victims, we didn't have any redeeming characters. And even the victim in Lobster Boy, like, she went back to him. Which is still doesn't make her less of a victim. But I know, but no. also, it's sad. It's so sad. There's a lot There's of sadness. There's no happiness from any of our stories. Honestly, the person who we can infer came out the best is Stacy with an E. Yeah. Go Stacy with an E. I, let me look I think that's what I learned, is that Stacy with an E... Mm-hmm. Just as good as regular Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not damning with faint praise. What? The regular Stacy's ain't that great. Mm-hmm. We know different Stacy's. They have hot moms. Uh, I can't uh, there's find. There's too many different. There's too many Stacy's. Yeah. Yeah, Cropsy was a. Cropsy, that was. It a was fucking, creepy. Because at first I was like, I'm, I'm on his side, like. Homie is clearly deranged, and he got fired, and then I just, Mm-mm. fuck, it went downhill. So, other parts of the lore were that, I said, he, that Cropsy would drag you under, underground into the tunnels of the abandoned hospital. And it was proven that the hospital that was abandoned across from the Willowbrook State School literally did have tunnels underground and there were homeless camps in there and a few people believe that Cropsy was able to convince other homeless people to be in on this thing and they would have groups kidnap children and then bring them underground. I want to know why he said he was Saul in the do sex on me phone call. Is it because of the creepy hepatitis A guy? Like, were they tied together? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he was like Saul versus Paul. Like, maybe it was some biblical shit. I just want to, like, because it seems like he pulled that name out and maybe Saul was, like, setting up opportunities for him because Saul obviously DGAF about the kids under his care. Right. I mean, he did just inject and feed them hepatitis. Somehow that's the worst part to me because like same, same, a literal same. sewer dweller same. coming out and kidnapping children is sort of like... Well, yeah, he's a of course. crazy yeah, person he, taking children. He got, what, let's say on the big end he got 20. Yeah. That motherfucker still got 60. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's really, what happened to him? He did three times the amount of damage that that guy possibly could have done. All just because he was playing Dr. Mangala. Pl- yeah, exactly. That's exactly... <laughs> Fucking thought Nazi yeah. and Mangala whenever like goddamn super creepy and honestly yeah. the first half of the documentary that I fell asleep during does not cover all of this. <laughs> That's why I was you like, watch Cropsy. I know Cropsy, and then I was like, I don't know Cropsy. This is I want to watch the documentary. Yeah, maybe the second half has like that. Yeah, first. like I watch the first half and it's just like here's the area. Mm-hmm. Well, like, if okay. they're just focusing on the, the urban guy. Urban. It was they probably aren't the- going to get the Willowbrook School history, mm. even though it's really fucked up. Well, that's why you come to this podcast. Yeah. You get the details. <laughs> Some of them. You get whatever we can remember. Yeah. You get all of the fuckery. Some of the bullshit. It was very upsetting to that's read. A really good timeline. 
All of the fuckery and so some of the bullshit. It's good. Oh, oh, I'll keep it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll keep it. Okay. All right. Um, well, well, we're we're well, done. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Oh, uh, I, I I hate to be that. Sad. Yeah, I feel bad ending on a down note. But we were we all ended on a down note together. Okay. Well, did we do what did we learn? I think we just we're going down, down, and down, 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 Sugar, we're going, going down, swinging. I'll be another one with a bullet. A loaded gun complex, cock it and pull it. We're going down. They're just going to keep going. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'm glad that there's like one random pop song in each, each episode. With a oh, little so fire. We hit one biscuit and fallout boy. What else can we hit? <laughs> we'll get it. I don't know. I had Ace of Base stuck in my head earlier. Oh. oh. You know, they're Nazis. Stop. No. Mm-hmm. Really? That. Yeah, they all sorts of white supremacist lyrics and stuff. Uh, I'll tell the I'll bring that one in next time. Don't turn around, cause, cause you're gonna you're see my heart breaking. <laughs> that was don't it. Walk away. Okay. I don't want to see. Yep. We're done. Bye, everybody. Bye.